From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with this guy, Kyle Rotter. How are yeah, you? Yeah, it's another day and I'm very well. Market's Good. doing fairly well as well. Starting off, and I'll say it again, new day, new week, new month, <laughs> new quarter on a positive note. So you can never complain about that. No, so um, just while we do have you, we've got the final match out obviously happening for the S&P ASX 200 up by half of 1%. And uh, you just might have heard me talking about the small caps earlier, the small ords up by just about the same amount. Mm. And so it's all pretty positive out there. I do note, though, that U.S. E-minis are slightly lower as we speak, as we head toward the U.S. Open. There's not massive data out tonight. We'll get there in just a bit. Um, But there is quite a lot to digest in terms of oil prices. There's a bit of consternation since we saw that cut coming through from OPEC+. Yeah, and we were talking just not too long ago with Stephen Innes from SBI Asset Management, who spoke about the fact that because this is a supply side issue here when the prices have risen, yields are going to come up, but that's not anything to do with demand quite naturally. Not a good thing for some of those tech stocks that are heavily weighted on Wall Street that have really driven the the, the S&P 500 higher. So it would seem to me that maybe a little bit of a selling has come through on that. Of course, uh, again, (laughs) I won't say it again, but it is a new quarter so we'll see if some uh, positioning plays out there too new week new month new quarter new me market rallied though didn't it the market rallied we also had a bit of m&a here locally today in terms of corporate news we'll get you across that these are our three themes and of course we've got the interest rate decision looming from the rba tomorrow sectors to your point so we had energy high um prices rising that also has you know flow on concerns when it comes to inflation but Mm -hmm. uh, look the big players were up more significantly than this earlier on things have sort of tempered throughout the day i had a good chat kyle with harry watt from sean partners and market matters about what this could potentially mean for the oil and gas plays here you also spoke with Morningstar didn't you about yeah. whether oil and gas are undervalued here in Australia yeah it seems to be actually a pretty consistent theme coming from energy analysts which is especially uh, when we continue to talk about this EV revolution this kind of greening of the economy not so fast there's still going to be a need for coal and gas and energy uh, and, and oil as mm-hmm. well um, not obviously what's driven the, the, the price today but still there's that you know potentially structural strength still there uh, for the energy market and uh, to your point before as well it was up uh, the energy by as much as three and a half percent. It looks a little like it'll close the day's trade closer to two and a half percent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Those interviews, by the way, are available on your via your show notes. Here's tech just reflecting some of the moves that we saw on Wall Street on Friday. I wouldn't put it down to much more than that. The REITs did well today. Uh, I spoke about a couple of REITs on the the call. That's the name of that program today. Charter Hall was one of them. Take a listen to the call to find out more about that. Um, But Kyle, the big disappointment today. Uh, was the gold space. Uh, yeah, it was pretty low. And I think the stat is that down the most for the, you know, in two weeks or something like that, because of course, it's been such a, you know, such a volatile period. Gold had been doing really well, especially when those banking concerns were really mm. at the fore. But uh, that all seems to have calmed down quite a bit. But uh, it's taken a toll on gold. It has down 2% today. And now uh, the broader material space too, it has to be said, not performing fantastically. You can see in their BHP Rio and Fortescue uh, off today. Fortescue down by more than 2%, um, below $22 per share. So the miners were really the weight on the market, uh, the only weight actually on the market today. 
Yeah, okay, so we will take that. Let's get to some of the corporate stories today. Um, I said M&A, so we started out with Sonic agreeing to buy a European group of labs for 190 million euros. So that was the stock of the day. We'll get there in just a moment on the call. Um, we also had IntelliHR. So IntelliHR, it's in the smaller end, but there's a real takeover battle going there. But I think that sort of speaks to where we are in the cycle and also just how, you know, some of these, some of these Aussie tech names, like they are still valuable. There is still a really good business. It's just that a lot of their share prices have been so beaten up. Consolidation, it happens at this stage of the cycle. Lake Resources well, as, well, uh, as well is developing a 50,000 tonne per, uh, what's the yeah. stand for? Annum. For annum. annum. Yeah, Latin. Never did well there. <laughs> Lithium carbonate <laughs> operation yeah. in Karchi, Argentina. In partnership with DLE technology partner Lilac Solutions, Lake has been independently testing lithium carbonate produced from their uh, joint Karchi project in Argentina. It has confirmed grades and purity over 99.8%. That's pretty high. All right. Uh, a little bit out of order here, but there's IntelliHR. So it is a battle between Human Force and TAG. The company is saying it still prefers TAG. Take no take uh, no action on the human force improved offer even though it's the best one on the table so far i think this one's got a little ways to go and blue scope still is welcoming the federal government's revisions to the safeguard mechanism which it says provides clarity around carbon policy telling the market engagement with the government has been constructive yeah so that's positive it's now moving forward with this feasibility study we had john ling's group look it's got the contract to deliver the murray flood cleanup program um, that is one that I often speak to analysts on the call and small caps, and they sort of love the business that it's in, unfortunately, because these disasters keep on mm. happening. And then um, those were all positive moves today. And net wealth, net wealth was one of the worst performers today, really plummeting. And that's on lower annual net inflows being forecast. So the market never likes that coming through. Absolutely. A little bit of a surprise there, perhaps, when it comes to net wealth. And on the surface of things, it did sound rather positive, but it's, uh, such are yeah. the expectations there. Uh, not good for net wealth shares. No, net wealth and Hub24, you know, they've been such um, solid performers. So yeah. there's just a crack showing there. But I did mention that Sonic Healthcare was the stock of the day. Let's listen to what our guests had to say about that one. So what they lost in revenue from COVID or, or, or are losing in revenue for COVID, they're picking up for um, the pickup on the, those testings for the for the non-elective, sorry, elective surgeries. So I do like the business, just these prices are probably fair value. So I'd be a hold on that. Um, if, you know, if it got down to the low 30s or, or under 30, I'd be definitely a screaming buy. The, the core part of their business is still growing by, you know, that 6 or 7% for the last couple of years. And uh, this should hopefully help it shift that more away from the, the COVID testing. Um, it's up about 20, 25% from the lows. Um, I'd call it a hold for now, um, just based on the fact that just being a little bit fussy, that it's still getting 10% of its revenues from that COVID side of the business. So I'd rather wait until that zero. Okay, well, let's get a bit of a view on the day now. Josh Gilbert from eToro. I am happy to welcome to the COB. Josh, great to see you there. Um, I suppose so much of the news flow was really just driven by what happened in oil markets this morning. Uh, crewed up by 8%, energy players moving higher, really kind of shifting the investment uh, environment around that news. Yeah, look, I think it definitely did sort of take its traders by surprise. 
um, this morning. It certainly took me by surprise. So I think that will probably took most of the market as well by surprise as well. So I think it just sort of set a bit of sentiment for today. Um, I, I think that although we sort of looking at the this sort of cut from OPEC is obviously a positive in the short term for oil prices. I think what it does do is it does raise expectations that ultimately OPEC are feeling uh, that you know a recession may be on its hands here and that we could see you know some some weakness in in prices. Um, ultimately, they don't cut for for any reason. Do the cartel? So I think that points to you know them seeing a little bit of weakness and and I think that's sort of flooded through into investor sentiment and them feeling you know a, a little bit more cautious uh, you know about uh, you know their investments and, and sort of choosing you know a bit more wisely what they're what they're ultimately looking for but it has you know caught a bid uh, on the energy sector for the day so the energy sector is doing well what do you make of the performance of local tech here Josh when you put it into broader context of what really helped drive overseas markets particularly the US in the past month yeah, look, I mean, we've got such a, a low exposure to tech. I mean, what is it on the ASX 200? I think it's below 3% these days. Um, but again, you know, tech has, you know, led, you know, the, the US performance so far this year. I think it was the second best performing sector uh, in the first quarter, just behind sort of communications, which if you want to argue it, we could sort of throw in the barrel of, of tech as well. But I think, you know, ultimately, given the focus of, of the RBA, I think that the market is ultimately, you know, pricing in a pause um, tomorrow. So I think that's, you know, given the, the tech sector, you know, a, a, a big tailwind, ultimately. I think there's a lot of positivity there from investors on tech. But I think that's starting to unwind slightly. I think my thoughts here are, you know, ultimately, how much further does the tech sector have to rally uh, from here. We're, we're pricing a lot in. Um, does the RBA hike again tomorrow? If it does, you know, I think that's going to put the, the local uh, tech sector under a fair bit of pressure. Obviously, at the end of a quarter, start of a new quarter, there's a, an element of retrospective that, that goes on on Wall Street, you know, the likes of Meta and then Tesla as well, rising considerably throughout the period. Tesla as well, uh, reporting in a few weeks' time, we had the delivery numbers out recently. What can we take away from, from that, if anything at all, especially as we look towards tonight's session? I think, you know, the, the numbers they, they sort of put out overnight, I think it's going to be uh, a great barometer for the week. I think it will send, uh, you know, a lot of optimism through shares. I mean, you know, I think they're already up about 50% so far this year after a pretty poor end to, to sort of last year. So that's a pretty big turnaround. And I think we just had investors' optimism sort of change. Uh, really, at the end of last year, it was a lot of negativity over demand and that's completely changed uh, with those price cuts uh, that came through so that optimism has, has sort of been met ultimately um, they delivered a 36 percent increase on deliveries and i think that comes through a couple of things right we've seen a big ramp up in production across those gigafactories you know in berlin and texas but we've also got china reopening as well um but I think this is a number that it maybe the you know investors might underappreciate slightly, just because I think with Tesla we we tend to just expect good numbers. But given this sort of macro backdrop and the fact that global light vehicle sales are expected to decline this year, um, those price cuts uh, obviously have, have obviously helped deliver this sort of solid numbers. And I think we'll we'll sort of quash a bit of um, the, those calls over you know demand for the moment. But as you say, I think attention then turns to margins. Um, that's obviously going to be, I think, I think they deliver earnings 15th, 16th of April. So I think that's going to be the focus here because they had some really impressive market uh, in margins. 
but the market expects that to fall quite significantly. I think we're expecting gross profit to fall to about sort of 21, 22%, which was at about 33% in um, in Q1 2022. So that, that's a huge difference there. Anything below sort of 21%, I think the market will react pretty pretty badly, especially given how far the Tesla uh, share prices has sort of run this year. So I think plenty of optimism, but that will soon quickly change to uh, the focus on margins. Hey, Josh, tomorrow, 2.30, if we see the RBA pause, do you think that would likely have a significant impact on sentiment uh, in terms of equities? I think so, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think there's been question marks over what happens if the RBA does pause. Do they then hike again uh, in in uh, in May after they do pause? I'd be very surprised to see them pause and then hike again. Um, I think it's easier to tighten now than have to, to sort of pause and then retighten. I don't think there's any incentive for, for Lowe and, and the board to, to, to pause and then retighten again. So I certainly think it will give investors plenty of optimism that that, that is the end um, and that they can you know start to feel you know a little bit more optimistic that uh, a soft landing uh, is actually on the cards here um, I still think they will hike though um, I think that although inflation is moving in the right direction all you've got to do is, is have a look overseas and, and we can see that it is stubborn um, UK has, has had 10% inflation every month since September the US inflation, although it was higher than ours, is, is still above 6%. So I think that, you know, they they will tighten um, one last time. You know, I guess there is the argument that maybe we could go to something like 15 basis points. Maybe they don't go all the way to 25. But I think if they paused and then retightened, I, I think that's a, a mistake from Lowe. And, and I think that he's already had a, a pretty tough ride so far this year. So I'd be surprised to see them do that. Um, but I think also on top of that, the other sort of data points that, you know, sort of will, will help guide the RBA. I don't think that's really changed since their last meeting when they said that, you know, more tightening still needs to be done. I don't think we've seen much change in retail sales, in unemployment, business conditions. Um, so I, I think we would, we'll, we'll see another hike tomorrow. Josh, great insights as always. Looking forward to our next chat as always as well. Josh Gilbert there. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you, Josh. Well, we will be discussing the RBA this time tomorrow. Absolutely, if I dare and two uh, thirty so. race live. You, me, uh, David Flanagan. We've got Peter Graves, Annika Thompson, yep. Peter Drager, uh, Sevich as well. Uh, it's going to be an all-star cast. Wanted to note very quickly. I think it's going to be one of the most interesting RBA meetings to call because I was just looking at the rates curve. No hike priced in, or basically very little chance of a rate hike priced in, but cuts. Uh, baked in at the back end. The mm -hmm. RBA is not going to like that. How they try and thread this needle with their communication, it's going to be so fascinating. Well, and we'll be hearing from Philip Lowe, the governor mm. of the Reserve Bank the next day. So putting meat on the bones, so to speak, of that statement, which is short, right? It's <laughs> relatively short. It obviously doesn't give them a lot of chance to really hash things out. So looking forward to tomorrow and the day after. Mm. Hey, Carl, I was giving your view a little read. Lucky me, I get a bit of a, a preview for our afternoon newsletter, which is also called the COB. And you're you're on about the banks. Yeah, no, how they make money, actually, and not in terms of profits, but how they actually create money in the economy. I've had some fantastic conversations over the last month or so with uh, some bank insiders here as well as, well, we remember from the big picture a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, I rabbit on about it a lot because I love the guy, Joseph Wang, an ex-Fed trader, talking about just the way that uh, the, concept, uh, the, the, the conventional view of how money comes into the economy versus the ones that academics as well as central bankers themselves believe how it effectively works and how that really does influence quite considerably. 
how policymakers look at affecting policy, managing inflation, demand, but also these issues around deposit insurance and, yeah. and, and things of that nature. So um, a big misapprehension out there by the general public and a lot of people in the financial markets, you wonder if that's what leads us astray sometimes. So I try to put that together a little bit in, in the view. So, um, well, we'll see if I get any decent yeah, feedback well, on that one. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. And um, also, you know, I think that the point is, is that if, we're, we're, if you're investing in the banks, which most of us are, even if it's by default via our super, you know, these are things that you'd be wise to understand. So there's the view in the COB. What's on tonight? Well, uh, overseas, we get PMIs, Eurozone and UK PMIs, S&P Global Manufacturing. We also get the ISM Manufacturing PMI in the US and US Construction Spending. Look, that was the best of it, as far as I could tell, unless you've got something. Yeah, well, we've just got that OPEC meeting that was scheduled. Obviously, the best of that has already come out. But I think, you know, we talk about meat in the bones with these sorts of things. Uh, we might get a little bit of meat in the bones from OPEC there after its decision to cut production over the weekend. But that manufacturing figure out of the United States will also be interesting too. Expected to show further moderation in manufacturing activity in the States. Uh, we'll also be looking naturally at the, uh, the price component there. So um, we'll see how it fares, but um, it'll lead in obviously at the back end of this week when it comes to US data to NFPs on Friday. Yeah, Friday's released on Good Friday when the markets are closed. In fact, we get the rates decision tomorrow when markets are well and truly up and running. Seek is having an investor oh, yeah. day. Uh, look, there's not a lot of corporate news on the horizon. You never know what's going to come up, but we've got great guests. Steve Sosnick joining us from Interactive Brokers. Aaron Binstead, always look forward to that from Lazard Asset Management and my weekly catch up with Sean Hickman and his charts from Market Matters. And then the day continues on, but you know, the crescendo would be 2.30. Um, the guests aforementioned that are joining us there. So yeah, it'll be a good day. Let's find out what was a good here in Australia today. So Kyle, leaders and laggards. Let's start with the leaders, shall we? There was a rainbow outside the Ooh. studio here just a short time ago. Look at this Motley crew. We've got Lake Resources. We already detailed some of the news there, but this has been a long time in coming. Uh, from its Argentinian project. There was a little bit of, I can't remember all the details, but there was something going on with between Lake and its independent tester, Lilac, with that project and a 99, what did they say, 99.8 coming through in terms of the purity of the product. So look, uh, investors are loving it and they just love lithium in general these days, don't they? Uh, Don't they, Josh? Yeah, you'd be uh, a very rich person if you would uh, been involved in the last few weeks. But uh, Queen Energy, another one that was uh, in the news today, up 7%. Corporate travel, was there any news behind that one? Not as far as I saw. Karun, I know, had a shut-in at one of its Mm. Brazilian projects, but I dare say that it and Beach Energy are up sort of more in sympathy with what's going on in terms of the price of oil. And uh, Home Consortium, I'm not uh, really across the news there. I'm not seeing any big news associated with that move, but uh, it's up by 4%, so it's sitting pretty. We'll take it. I should also mention that Tyro is up by 8.3%, and we've got Kogan.com up by 4% as well. Okay, so let's get to the laggards now. We already noted uh, now net wealth, which uh, saw, well, like objectively decent inflows, it has to be said, but less than expected and showing that sort of slowing trend. So investors punish the stock for that. Uh, gold, of course, mm-hmm. too, is uh, 
despite uh, that, that rainbow that you did see there, uh, not performing particularly well today. Some of those shifting expectations around rates policy as well as, well, we're not so worried about bank stability anymore. So mm-hmm. taking profits there perhaps from uh, for, from some investors. It's amazing how the conversation has changed around the banks just in the past few days. Really, really seems to be a lot lower on the list of concerns for many people. Let's get to the small to mid cap space. Just quickly checking in with some of the leaders there. Looks like we don't have it. That's okay because there it is, 88 Energy. It has updated on a resource in Alaska, PYC Therapeutics, looking like it's moving toward getting a couple of its therapies closer to fruition. Yes, and uh, Je Vois Global, I don't know if that's how you uh, pronounce it or not, but uh, my girlfriend's in France, so I'm going to pretend I'm in, uh, pretend I'm there too. Uh, up by 15% peninsula energy. Again, we're, we're seeing a little bit of thing there when it comes to those energy names. I don't think uh, that has to be explained any further. The underlying oil price up by as much as 7% in early Asian trade today. Flipping the page to some of those laggards, Nuix, Metal Zex, Calidus Resources, all on the list. Okay, well, uh, given all that, I Let's think wrap all it up. said and done before we both lose our voice today. We want to save ourselves naturally because it is RBA Day tomorrow. Questions about whether it'll hike or not, we'll cover all of that when it comes around. And uh, obviously, everything that you need to know tomorrow morning too, after the end of Wall Street trade. So the local market, 7,223, up by six-tenths of a percent. So a little bit of buying into the close there. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. In the meantime, you can catch up with anything you missed online. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.